ESPN former NASCAR reporter. I guess you're still a I'm NASCAR still the NASCAR reporter. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still the NASCAR and guy. now yes. devout college football reporter with perfect hair, <laughs> Marty Smith. If you could describe this, uh, well, I guess this coffee in one word, what would it be? Badass. <laughs> I right. love it. I like it. I love it. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder radio. All right, welcome. Dinner with Razors, season two. Pew, 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 pew. I am uh, the other co-host, Sean Heckman, along with... Your main host, Ryan Eversley. I added the main part to establish dominance. And we are uh, we're wrapping up our massive trip where we were on the road for 40 days for 12,000 miles across 29 states to bring you... 28 free podcast episodes that no one goddamn deserves because <laughs> the amount of work this is. Uh, um, and uh, we are literally sitting in LAX traffic getting Ryan home. Yeah, finally. Thank God. Oof, man. So we sat down at 6 in the morning with Marty Smith from ESPN. Marty's been around a long time in the NASCAR world. He's currently in the transition to not just NASCAR, but also now college football. And it's been a natural transition for him. He's, he's very popular uh, around the world of sports in general. Super passionate guy. We talked about, first off, his amazing hair. Perfect hair. Uh, uh, perfect hair. And he went into a couple of different stories, but you get right away when you're listening to him about how he knows how to tell a story. He tells us. A, a tale about a very special athlete that he got to meet, and it, it almost brought us to tears, and we're like five minutes into talking to the guy. Uh, couldn't have been nicer, more more humble. Uh, talked about having fans uh, walk up to him at the bathroom in the bathroom at a racetrack, which I've also experienced one time before. So, you know, we had that thing to bond over. And uh, we, we just couldn't believe how, how accommodating he was for our show. And just to put this into context, we were supposed to have lunch with him that day. He got the last-minute call from the boss saying, hey, you got to get up and do some, uh, some sports stuff out in Ohio, uh, which means he had to fly out that morning. So rather than just cancel, he said, hey, can you meet me at like 6 a.m. on my way to the airport? And, of course, we're totally down. But normally a guy like that doesn't need to give us the time. Yeah. Uh, but he did. And, and it's that kind of genuineness that made us uh, really, really appreciate what Marty Smith is all about. So with that being said, we took that Honda Odyssey out to Starbucks at 6 in the morning in Charlotte, North Carolina, and sat face-to-face -face with the one and only Marty Smith. All thanks to Continental Tire. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Where you been? <laughs> What's up, man? Good to see you. I'm Ryan. Marty, nice to meet you. you. It's good. Sean's just getting you a coffee, so, yeah. No, it's all good. Golly. <laughs> what a mess. Turn off the sound and, okay. So who'd you guys do last night? Uh, Justin Marks. Awesome. Hey, yeah. You talk about an interesting guy. Yeah, exactly. He's got the story that not a lot of kids do. He's just a great dude, yeah. too. Like, I'm a huge fan of the person. I've known Justin a long time. Right. So what's in a Grand Grand Pike? Is that what it was? Grande. Grande. It's black Sorry. coffee. Ah, that's right. what it oh, is. I okay. like that. Okay. Lack okay. of a better term. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. 
So we were we were discussing uh, your routine before you show up. Are you the get up at four workout guy? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I had a yeah, feeling. we picked yeah. that. I want to I want to point out something I'm really excited about the hair. Oh, the is, hair is good in real life as yeah. it is on TV. <laughs> absolutely perfect. Yeah, I had questions about it. How the much time it takes? No. What product to use? It's funny. Uh, a lot of people ask me that. They're like, "Man, how much crap do you put in your hair? What do you put in your hair? How long does it take?" Honestly, this is it. There's some stuff called. Um, American crew, okay, you know, yep. like the yep. men's grooming stuff. Yeah, um, molding cream or something. <laughs> I do this, and right. I leave. Right, really, it's yeah. a three-second process. Yeah. so you're just naturally gorgeous. <laughs> okay, God, God. Okay, I have a whole lot of flaws. One thing the good Lord bestowed upon me is good hair. <laughs> That's a gold <laughs> ticket. That's a gold <laughs> ticket. <laughs> It'll be gray in about ten minutes, though, boys. Fair enough. That's all right. That's all right. All right. So, what part of the town are you living in? I live at Lake Norman. Okay, we thought you lived in this building. No. Because we're like middle downtown. I wish. The reason that I asked to meet here is it's the closest Starbucks I could find Okay. Uh, to the airport. Oh. When I leave right. you guys, I'm getting on a plane to Cleveland. Right. Because the Cavaliers are getting their championship rings tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay. And it's game one of the World Series yeah. at the same time. Right. So they're sending me there to tell stories. That's excellent. About Cleveland. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have you been there much? you spend much time in Cleveland? No. Okay. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do know that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. I did ask on Twitter yesterday uh, for all my people in Cleveland to give me some insight on, like, I like finding really authentic underground that guys in Charlotte, North Carolina, right. or Spokane, Washington, everybody knows the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in right. Cleveland. Right. But people might not know yeah. this exists, Cleveland. whatever this is. Right. And we right. always go try to find that authenticity wherever we go. Do you ever get a chance to explore the cities? Because I assume you're in and out of these places so damn fast. I am. Uh, it's very rare that we get to. Now, I'll say this, like, with all the college football work I do. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there for at least two days. Okay. So at least we'll get the one evening yeah. to experience that authenticity. And right. the only other thing I've experienced that had as much passion as NASCAR is college football. Yeah. And it's ratcheted up. I mean, oh, yeah, I can only imagine. Another, another several levels. We were talking See, about that earlier. Yeah. Growing up in California, you don't quite have the – understanding of You're what right. college football really is the right. south and the midwest right. so like who's who's the the f craziest <laughs> that's uh let me see that's a hard one because everybody has everybody's their own got little their thing, sure. brand almost right. yeah i was just or who's got like the craziest like ritual the craziest ritual ritual or just nuttiest fans either way like yeah, who like cuts I mean, a, the head yeah, off a there, pig or there are certain fan bases you know ohio state's fans are Extremely loyal and yeah. extremely passionate, and the entire SEC okay. is that way. And okay. I've spent a ton of time this year specifically in the SEC. I went down to the Grove for the first time at Ole Miss, okay. and I had always heard great stories about yeah. uh, how they drink whiskey first thing in the morning yeah. and right, just right, throwing right. down, <laughs> and how stunning the ladies are. Right. And sure, all right. of this is all part of it, and it's accurate. And okay. I was at Alabama this past weekend. Alabama played Texas A&M. I had that game. And it was obviously a tremendous atmosphere because Alabama's number one in the country. A&M was number six in the country. They were both undefeated teams, and they both have tremendous fan bases. And Alabama's fantastic. 
Nice. I mean, they get down. Yeah. Now, for yeah. a guy like you with perfect hair and wearing a suit, how much do they hate you? They don't. Really? You know, it's interesting for me. Uh, another thing, not only is the hair a blessing from the Lord. <laughs> um, I have a different kind of niche, man. Yeah. Because I don't opine. Okay. I report. I like that. And when you report and you're straight down the line and you're accurate and you yeah. have passion. Yeah. Like, I'll, there, there are better reporters. There are better-looking people. There are people who have different opportunities. Sure. But there will never be anybody that outworks me, and there sure. will never, ever be anybody with more passion than me. Sure. And as crazy as it seems, the resonance people of that pick passion, up on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that will – like, I could, I could drink a beer with that dude. Yeah. 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 And that – everywhere we go. Right. That's right. the way that people perceive it, and I dig it. Yeah. yeah. Because, honestly, that is who I am. Right. I am a, just a dude who's a dad with three – you know, yeah. a, a husband with three kids and who has a ton of passion for life. I've gone through hurt. I've gone through pain. Sure. I've, I, I am blessed beyond what I deserve. Right. But I'm just a dude. How long do we have you for, by the way? Till, uh, I mean, we, we have time. All right. <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> we have time. Uh, that was actually one of the things we were talking about because, Ryan, I, no one ever approaches me because I look like an because I am, but uh, uh, but but Ryan has a very approachable sort of demeanor, and obviously being big on Twitter and whatnot. And we kind of figure you have that same thing going on. Like, what's the most common people? Uh, how often do people come up to you just a sort lot. of at random yeah. just and have it's conversations? It's a lot, yeah. and uh, and it's appreciated because. Right. So some of my colleagues, like if you look at some of my colleagues, um, in any sport, regardless of the sport, uh, they are so good. It's amazing how talented they are. Right. Uh, and I'm not quite as polished. Sure, sure. And there's a certain affinity for I that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. And, again, when you're a guy who just wears it on your sleeve, people like that. And yeah. they relate to that. Right. I always felt that way about Dale Earnhardt. Sure. You know, Dale Earnhardt was this larger-than-life mythical being. Yes. Right. But he was also the guy that I looked at and thought, I could go drink a beer with yeah. that guy. Right, right, right. Yeah. And if that is the measuring point, then they are relatable. Right. And I've sort of always had that measuring point. Right. And I'm not – I hope that doesn't sound haughty or anything. That's what uh, That's what they tell me. Yeah. Right. In the airport, in the grocery right. store, yeah. right. at, on a college campus, at a racetrack, that's what I hear. Right. Does it get in the way, though? I mean, and I don't say this to be sound like a dick, but, like, you know, you, you have a job. And so, like, you're, you're going to Ohio, and you're trying to find all these stories. And if everyone and their brother's coming up to you and just shooting the shit, and, and you can't be rude, obviously, it but you do have a job to do. It, it, that, and, and it's a fair point. Right. It doesn't bother me. Okay. It drives my producers insane. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I'm not a say-no guy. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. right. right. It's, it's and your producer's like, we got it, dude. we got to go. Ridiculous to me that someone would want my time. I agree. Sound I familiar? I understand. <laughs> and I don't understand why they would want my time. Sure. And I appreciate that they do want my time, yeah. and so I'm going to give it. Yeah. And there are certain times when my producer will grab it and say, I'm the one that they pay to be the asshole. You're yeah, right, okay. Right. You know, I think your producer and, and, and look, I will get along. I, here's the way I view it, and you may view it the same way. If I am kind, above all else in life, be kind and work hard, and the rest will take care of itself. And if I am kind to someone who wants a minute of my time, they're going to appreciate that yeah. minute, and they're going to appreciate me for the rest of time. Yeah, right, 100%. I hear people all the time, and it's irrational thought. Take race car driver X. Take college football or NFL player or whatever X. 
okay, let me back up. Let's just take race car drivers because they have facilitated autograph sessions. If just take, I don't know, any driver. Yeah. Sebastian Bourdais. <laughs> wow, that's okay. Let's say Sebastian like, like Bourdais is there. in this okay. Starbucks with us right now, right. and he is representing a sponsor. Right. Signing autographs, right? And that autograph line is out the door. Sure. But his time increment is 30 minutes. Okay, yeah. yeah. The person at 30 minutes and 30 seconds who the line gets cut off, that guy's an asshole. He's gypped, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, that's yeah, not yeah. fair to Sebastian. No, no. Right. Yeah, for but sure. But that's life. Right, right, right. So – you know, that's just kind of the way those things work. I, I'm going to give my time. And I will say, like, my wife, Lainey, uh, is extremely accommodating in that from that perspective, too. Right. But there comes a point when we're trying to – look, I'm on the road a lot. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. we go to have dinner together, yeah. we want to have dinner together. That's right. Yeah. And it does start to make her itch a little bit. Yeah, I right. can see it. Yeah. So is that a problem, like, in everyday life? So you go to the movies, you go to, to restaurants? I mean, I'm not Brad Pitt. Right. But I will say – Living in the college football yeah. hotbed of the world, yeah. and living in the NASCAR racing hotbed yeah. of the world, you're, gonna get you're a bit more recognizable exactly. than you. I, I have a colleague named Matt Barry. Matt okay. is a sports center anchor, and we do a lot of work together okay. on the road. Matt maintains you take Marty Smith below the Mason Dixon line, it's redneck Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere else, anywhere else, right? By the way, I coined that nickname for Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I like I'm in. that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you take me to Spokane, Washington, or Los Angeles, sure, or even sure. Montana. They don't know who the hell I am. Right, right, right. It's just you know this part of the country and the accent. Yeah, the yeah. accent helps I'm with too. It. Yeah, I believe it. All of that stuff. We do a pass along question. Uh, we kind of wanted to get it out of the way because we know you gotta you gotta catch a flight in a little I'm while. I'm good, man. Okay. Good. Um, but basically, uh, last night we had dinner with Justin Marks, who you know. He's a great guy. He is, and uh, his question was, as a journalist who's known for telling the story, getting really into the emotions of the sport. Yep. What's the difference between telling the NASCAR story versus the college football story? That's a fantastic question, and honestly. Uh, there's not any difference, yeah. and I'll tell you why. It's a fundamental similarity. Whether I'm doing a basketball story, a football story, a racing story, I want to find the human element. Right. I want to tell someone who you are and why they care about you, and that is universal. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to know that. And I think if you're willing to take the time to find that element and the emotion within it, it resonates. I mean, I have a whole lot of friends who for the entirety of my 17 years in the NASCAR garage don't give a damn about racing. Right, right. But anytime you tell them a story that, 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 that's a human element story, they go, wow. Right. And I feel that way as a consumer. I may not know you, but if I learn your story – and you engage me within it, I'm going to care. Yeah. yeah. And I think, honestly, that is universal. And I have seen that it applies to racing. I have seen certainly that it applies to college football. And even, all right, you take, this is a bit of an aside. Last year, last summer, I had the awesome, awesome honor to cover the Special Olympics World Games. Oh, great. Cool. Los Angeles, California. Yeah. We were there for 18 days. Yeah. First time it's ever been broadcast ever yeah right and on day one i walked into okay so the uh opening ceremonies were on a saturday on july 22nd it was a wednesday i flew out there 
and my job was I was charged with telling the stories of the American athletes. Okay. okay. What a great gig, right? right. And that's going to be like – at an event like that, everyone's got a unique story. I have to Every assume. one of them. Not yeah. only is it unique, but it's also – it reaches your soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be heart Because when you live a life where you may have been ostracized or right. judged or told no right. for your entirety, right. and all of a sudden you have this opportunity to be celebrated. Yeah. So let me give you an unbelievable story about that. <laughs> So I walk into the track stadium at the University of California, Riverside, on a Wednesday afternoon, and it is a lightning bolt of excitement right? because all of these athletes who have faced exactly what we just discussed for their whole lives have been invited to World Games. It's the first day of practice at the track and field facility. They are all so excited. And I'm talking to the coaches, and I see the excitement. And I look over to my left, and I see this person sitting all alone on one of those aluminum benches you would see on the side of a high school football right, field, right. stretching her legs, buzzed hair. I go over to her, sit down, because I'm intrigued journalistically. I have no idea what's going on. Sit down beside her, put my arm around her, and I say, how come you're over here all alone? She said, I'm just so tired. And I start laughing. I'm like, we just got started. How could you be tired? <laughs> And she went, chemotherapy. Uh, and I went, yeah. her name is Olivia Quigley. Olivia is now 25. She was 24 at the time. Adopted from China at three by her parents, Judy and Dan. Grew up in Wisconsin, autistic. Told her entire life, you'll never live alone. You'll never hold a job. Yeah. She did live alone in her own apartment. She did have a full-time job at the Wisconsin Children's Hospital. Battling stage four breast cancer. After five months of exhaustive age. chemotherapy, she looked at her oncologist and she said, I'm done with this. I've been invited to World Games. I'm going to go there. I'm going to win medals. And I'm going to show ladies all over this world what they can do too. Yeah. Right. And you know what? Damn it, she did it. I watched that woman sprint and win gold medals and be so exhausted in the aftermath that yeah. she laid on the ground and couldn't get up. And you want to talk about inspiring. Yeah, right. She ultimately was chosen by ESPNW as one of the 25 most influential women in sport in 2015. And that is bigger than sport. Absolutely. Yeah. And arguably that's where you wouldn't have been out there if you hadn't gone up to her. Yeah. That's, pretty that's cool. the that's blessing cool. of that's the it. job. Yeah. That's it. And they're everywhere, man. Yeah. It's like – I meet these people all the time. I just I, – it's beyond my comprehension. And, like, you guys, everybody knows Tom Rinaldi. You know, Tom is the greatest storyteller of our generation, I think, on television. Okay. And I think the greatest storyteller in print is Wright Thompson. Are you guys familiar with Wright's work? Can't say, no. In, go, just Google him. Yeah. Any, sure. any story he's written, whether it's about Augusta or it's about – Iceland. I went to Iceland for soccer this summer. I mean, crazy stuff. <laughs> right. He's a tremendous storyteller. But those kinds of stories, you know, it's like to Justin's point, whether it's getting inside Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s head about what it was really like losing his dad or this young lady right. who's battled cancer, right. Right. Uh, the stories are there. Right. Yeah. That's excellent. Have you, go ahead. To follow up, we have dinner tonight with Landon Castle. Oh, he's from. a trip. He is. And so Sean wasn't really familiar with him, but I kind of spent some time kid. around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I, I kind of pitched Sean like months ago. I'm like, you got to follow this kid. He's really funny. He's very quirky with his humor. And, and 
Sure. And so is Sean. And so Sean starts following him. And like a few weeks later, he's like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So I'm in. when yeah. we were re-upping for season two of this, I was like, I'd really like to get Landon just to bullshit with him. He's just to like, just to chat with have him. Fun. You, know? you will have a blast. What question would you ask Landon Castle? I have a couple. Oh, but wow. Here I we go. Think, I think the – I mean, the, the number one I want to know is – and my, I think his answer is through dogged determination. However, how is he still racing? Because he was one of those kids that came along during the driver development era in NASCAR yeah. where they were just throwing out contracts yeah. for fear that someone else would get the right. young stud. Right. right. And then that all went away. And he's still here. So I do have that question. But the second question I have is. That's it. You had one. <laughs> Journalist, sorry. <laughs> How did he reinvent himself through triathlon endurance uh, cool. yeah. training? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good questions. Because he's a, he's not a, he, not, he's not a good triathlete. He's a damn great one. Right. Okay. So you seem like a guy who's, who's all about the story and the individual character of that person. And arguably, especially on the NASCAR side, that's what's kind of made your reputation what it is. Um, kind of stepping out of racing for a second, I think about a guy like Manti Teo. Yep. Um, who, like, you'd hear that story for the first time and go, oh, shit, that's compelling. And over time you realize, oh, no, that's all made up. Um, do you ever hear these stories and think, oh, I'm not sure this is real, and, and how much time do you have to? How much time do you have to really investigate how much of this is is real? Uh, that's it. In today's in, in the present, right? I don't have much time at all. That's what I was wondering. Um, because we are. I mean, right. I just learned I was going to Cleveland two days ago. Right, right. <laughs> and so I will go there, and I will go find stories. Right. Um, but you kind of have to take what they say at face value. You know, the, the Manti Teo thing, for example, that was just so convoluted. Right. And so beyond comprehension. Right. That you almost have to turn into an invest. Like, we have people that spend months right. on one story. That's not me. No, and I, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like, it's like if you had if, – if you're going to Cleveland and Manti Teo – didn't have that background. He was one of the stories you you would just put that story out there because right, you would course. feel like, of course, this guy's well, it's coming from him. It's got to be yeah, real. I mean, if yeah, it's yeah. his words, yeah, yeah, then you're you're just doing your job. Yeah, right, right, right. You take it at face value based on the source. Sure. Um, and then once all of that comes to light, all that background and what is it called, right. fishing and all that, yeah, right. like that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's Again, a whole yeah other we got a guy that's going to work on that story for six months. Sure, right, sure, right. sure. Okay. Makes sense. So, because you're so approachable, and and NASCAR fans can tend to be a little crazy, and I'm sure college football fans can as well. But no question, at NASCAR, you're you're, you're hanging out with like Dale Jr. Yes, right. So one of my best friends. Exactly. What's the craziest fan story you've ever had where somebody came up to you? I I was followed into a bathroom. I race sports cars. No one follows that. I was followed into a bathroom at Watkins Glen, and a guy stood next to me in the urinal. Asking me if I knew Jimmy Johnson. I have a million of them. Right. Um, and that actually deal with urinals. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you two okay. about bathrooms that are especially funny. <laughs> so uh, I was at Bristol Motor Speedway a couple, three summers ago. And my brother-in-law, my wife is from the Jersey Shore, okay. Ocean City, New Jersey. And her whole family lives in the Northeast and – uh, a couple, my brother-in-law and some of his boys came down to Bristol. They go to a NASCAR race every year. They pick a different spot. Now, were and they into it before you? No. Nah, before you came to the nah. picture? That's cool. And I'm like, y'all need to come to Bristol. 
So they come down to the Bristol, uh, uh, well, I forget whether it was a night race or the day race, whatever. Yeah. But I had to be up regardless at 5.30 in the morning because we're making Sports Center yeah. all the time. Right. So I decided I was going to hang with them on Saturday night and have a couple pops. And then I'll be like, well, my hotel, I'll go, I, won't, I won't have enough. I'll get myself together and I'll go back to the hotel. Right. Well, I had a couple too many. So I'm like, boys, I'm crashing with y'all. You were overserved. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Overserved myself. <laughs> Jack Daniels will get you, boys. There you go. Um, so I, I have a couple too many, and I'm like, all right, boys, I'm crashing with y'all. So I end up in this camper, you know, no blanket, <laughs> the whole thing. Right. And in the morning, I get up, and I'm a little foggy. Uh, as, uh, as our boy Ricky Carmichael likes to say, partly cloudy. There you go. Um, <laughs> So I walk to the public bathroom to take my shower. Right. In the just outside of the Bristol Motor Speedway. What time is it? It's uh like five forty five in the morning. Right, right. And I walk into the bathroom, I have a full suit, I hang it on the John <laughs> and I walk into the shower. And I'm taking a shower and I'm all by myself and I sling open the curtain and I walk out of the shower and there's a guy just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and I was all like, of you, sure. What's up, man? <laughs> and he doesn't say anything, so right. I'm freaking, dude. He's right. between me and the door. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, just play it cool. So yep. I get my shave, my, my razor, and I'm sitting there. And I didn't have a beard then. I'm shaving my face. And this guy, I'm not kidding y'all, he walks up right here. Yeah. And he goes, you Marty Smith. <laughs> and I went, I went, mm-hmm. and he goes, the hell are you doing here? And I went, I went, I went, shaving. <laughs> I, I never even looked at the right, guy, right, y'all. Right. I just, I, I just went, shaving. <laughs> and he went, all right. All right. <laughs> Five more seconds go by, he goes, Junebug going to win today. Dale Jr.'s yeah, name. Yeah. Junebug yeah. going to win today. I went. Probably not. <laughs> I'm just waiting on this dude to leave. Right, right. The funniest, the funniest one to me, maybe ever, was. Uh, are you? You guys probably don't might not know Taylor. There is a, a one of my best friends is a guy named Taylor Zarzer. Okay. And Taylor is uh, to me the best live radio host, sports radio host in the world. And Taylor and I uh, have a mutual friend named Jake Peavy, who is a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Yep. We were going up to watch Jake pitch when he was with the White Sox against the Washington Nationals. We're driving up the highway. And we have to use the facility, so we pull over to rest stop in nowhere, Virginia, northern Virginia. So I run in. Taylor runs in. We're at op- – you know, we're dudes. We're at opposite yeah. ends of the, of the John pool. Right, yeah. right. I'm all the way over here. This guy walks in, walks all the way over, right to my, right beside yep. my John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's standing there, and he, he's like, "What's up, Marty?" <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor falls out, man. He's like peeing all over the wall because he's laughing so hard. And he's like, "What are you doing here, man?" And I went, "Pissing." <laughs> it's just crazy, right? It, people are funny, dude, because you get to meet so many interesting people um, and you're hanging out with your celebrity yourself at this point. No, let, yes, no you let's are. not get carried you away. Are. Yes, you are. That's, yeah. And uh, well, you are now that you're on this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that criteria. Um, 
who is anybody set you back on your back foot by being starstruck? Like someone you got to spend some time with, and you're like, "Wow, I'm hanging out say, with Tim Tebow or, or somebody that would have." I really will say, in, uh, not anymore. Okay, but in, previously, yeah. by all means, yeah. Like I can remember when I first started in NASCAR yeah. as yeah. a 21 year old kid sitting on the wall at Richmond, Virginia, in the first race I ever covered. Wow. 24 car goes by, and I'm yeah. like, that's really Jeff right damn Gordon. Yeah. 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 Wow. Two car goes by. That's really Rusty Wallace. Wow. Three car goes by. No way. That's really Dale Earnhardt. Right. Yeah. And so when I first started, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't hardly formulate questions. Sure. Because I was just like, these are heroes of mine. And as that progressed through time, and I realized they're just dudes too, mm-hmm. That has really waned for me. Yeah. And I'll tell you somebody who really – so my best friend in the world, I'm not trying to play name drop no, king here, good. but if pe- for people that are country music fans, my best friend is Eric Church, okay. the country yep. music yep. singer. And I met Eric before he was Eric. But I learned from him as our relationship progressed that there is – intimidation is nothing more than a psychological mindset okay don't don't be intimidated and it's funny how that has permeated my professional life and personal life for that matter but hey bro yeah nice to meet you man yeah and people like like you take nick saban yeah probably the greatest college football coach of all time or tony stewart one of the greatest race car drivers yeah. of all time they're just dudes and honest to god that's how they want to be treated exactly. yeah they, if they come at you because they're used to being able to go at people and you go right back at them, they love it. They yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've learned that, you know, kind of from Eric and as my career has progressed. Right. They love that. So, by all means, I've been starstruck before. Yeah. But it doesn't happen very much anymore. Sure, sure. You're just around it so much that it becomes kind of the norm. Kind of. Part of the job. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You, me- you mentioned Tebow. Like, I love Tim. Tim is a one of my friends, and yeah. I'm real proud of him. Because he walks the talk. Yeah. And I went to see him recently. He spoke at a, uh, a huge youth Christian conference sure. in Birmingham, Alabama. You want to talk? I didn't realize how famous Tim is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude is famous. Yeah. And people flock to him, and they ogle right. over him, and it's so funny. And he's just – he always makes fun of me, which this is pot kettle. Because <laughs> I wear really – tight, like, well-tailored stuff. Okay. Okay. And he's like, man, he's like, that shirt tight enough? (laughs) And listen, guys, he could not, if he took a deep enough breath, buttons would pop off. That's awesome. Right, right. So, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think of the last person that really got me. Yeah, because, I mean, you're around athletes from other sports. I mean, we went to the White House. Yeah. You know, we went to the White House and – we we're did in too. The, we're in the digit. Right. We went like two days ago. Did you? With with our friend Bill Riley. Awesome. Hey, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we we, uh, we didn't get past the fence though. Oh, I mean, like we I'm saying, like we were in the same room with the president. Yeah. Right. And I'm tell I don't care who you are, you're in the same room that's with the president. Yeah, yeah, you sort of awesome. go. That's a big deal. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Have y'all been watching these debates? We're not going to get into this because people don't. People don't listen to your podcast for debate now. Yeah. We've been on the road for like 18 days. We're paying attention now. We've been paying attention, but in fact, one of our guests. 18th day in a row, huh? Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do y'all live? I'm from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah. Both of you guys are Atlanta. No, I'm from L.A. Oh, L.A. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It's 18 days is a long and run. Y'all got families? 
That's your family. That yeah, he's, that's got, a, he's we, got a dog. I got a dog and Bill Riley. Bill Riley. That's okay. all I got. Yeah, then so. I will tell that my sympathy for your 18 days is not quite the same. Fair as enough. It would Fair be enough. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Don't cry for us. Uh, we started. I, I, I had my last race of my season at Laguna Seca in Monterey. Great place. And then we started from there and basically drove to Sacramento and then all the way all here. Again. So how was yeah. this? How, how did this come to be? This podcast, like two or three years ago, well, about three or four years ago, Sean and I had the idea of doing it like on the race weekends because we both work in sports car racing. And it was like, yeah, we'll get together for a dinner or something. And we actually considered a video idea of it. And it's like not feasible without having major sponsorship and things like that. Naturally. And even then, it might change the whole dynamic because now you're on camera, and as you know, people act differently on air than off no air. No doubt. So and you can't show up at Starbucks unannounced at 5 a.m. with camera gear. Yeah, you just can't. It, it, exactly. So, you know. so we tried to do a couple on the race weekends. It never worked out because everyone's like, oh, I got a meeting or I got a sponsored thing or whatever, and it just didn't ever formulate. So we kept kicking around, kicking around. Finally, we're like, we need to do this. Let's do it in podcast form, and we decided let's do – a road trip and I pitched it to Continental Tire who I, I race in their series and work with them and like they were immediately like yeah we'll do that we're like oh shit. we have to actually do it now well it's so it's the where it's where it's going yeah you know yeah. downloadable well we didn't realize on demand yeah properties yeah and content and evergreen you know and, and, yeah. and timeless yeah, exactly. yeah. we so. find that the most people that we our, our best results aren't necessarily famous people it's storytelling Interesting. You know what I mean? And you, you can totally re relate to that. One of the greatest ones, and speaking of Continental and Sherry Herman, yeah. Liam Dwyer. Yeah, he's oh, one that's, of my favorite stories I've ever done. He's our number four. So yeah, he was our <laughs> he's our number four download. Was he? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. He's one of the – like his passion and his dogged determination yeah. and his complete unwillingness to be told no. Yeah, absolutely. Is so inspiring. Not to mention the fact that he's a bad ass yes, and fought for our freedom so yes. we could sit here in this Starbucks yeah, and we right. could have conversations that's about right. frivolity. Yeah, yeah. He's I marvel at him. Okay, here's what we'll do. Let's, let's, let's invent a prosthetic that we can bolt to the clutch. That'll be a good idea. Right, right. And then let's go win with it. That's right. You shitting me? <laughs> yeah, he's the best. And the best part about that guy is that, like, I'm nobody and he thinks I'm famous. And it's like, no, dude, you were famous. Yeah. Like, you were the you were the yeah, badass. You haven't been on ESPN. I, Who's yeah, the number one download? Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's what we keep going back to. Our number one download is Jeff Brown. He's an engineer. Um, but the story. And that's exactly it. But he tells an amazing you might, story. You might even be familiar with the name Scott Tucker. He's yeah, sure. the guy with the, the billionaire that was like the loan shark They're company, basically. His story, the story about how they built a club racing race car, which was like the equivalent of like in NASCAR. It'd be like building a late model. Right that cost six million dollars when everybody else is doing late model budget wife and a, and a and a dude in a truck with a dog going to the track and then they built this six million dollar prototype to go win at road america in a club race in a club race at the sec where runoffs. no one's getting paid yeah and the guy he beat literally had the budget of like maybe 30 grand for the year and this guy spent six million dollars what was the onus for it What's that? They what wanted. What uh, was so the they wanted to break the two-minute mark at Road America. Okay, so it was a timing thing. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. It. The, and so they here's the thing. He was racing the clock. He's yeah. in a he's in a class where the car Colin Brown, who you're probably familiar with. Yeah, I know with, Colin. So Colin coaches this guy. Colin in that car could almost break the record as the car was from Basically the factory. Like the, stock like the version. we go buy one right yeah. now, take a pro out there. He can probably get close to the record. A little change could do it. The record was a two-minute lap. He did a 52. He did a one-minute 52. They beat it by eight seconds. Insane, right? Insane. But the crazy thing is that there wasn't like a million dollar prize. It's literally like a plaque. 
you get your normal trophy for winning the race, which everybody would have got anyway. What do people then, race for? And then you get what a plaque. What do racers race you for? You get a plaque the trophy. that says, like, sub-two-minute lap. Six million dollars. Insane. Like, it's just... But yeah, that's, that's cool. our number one story. By far number one. Yeah, yeah. no one's ever heard of Jeff Brown. Yeah, he's but Colin's I'm going to go listen to that podcast. He's Colin's so dad. He's Colin's dad. Yeah. He's an amazing engineer, but he doesn't, like, he's on social media, but he's not, like, he's not have 100,000 followers or anything like that. And we interviewed, like, C.J. Wilson, who owns a baseball team. Of course. And is a pitcher. And he's, like, in the middle with other race car drivers and stuff. But the Level 5 episode is, like, killer. We'll, we'll send you a link in the email. Do it. Um, but because of, like, getting to do cool stuff like that, we've been able to, like, meet with people like yourself and then also learn different things for successful people that we get to talk to. And it's been helpful for our process because we're like, okay, that guy, like, looked you in the eye. He said the right things, but he was also willing to be himself. And that kind of helps us down the road. So, yeah. So, we appreciate your time is what we're getting Well, no, nah, man, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. I just like chatting. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because we, 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 before we meet with anybody, we'll like Google search YouTube a whole nine yards. There's a Blackhawk video of you on YouTube. Oh, Blackhawk Marty. Yeah, Blackhawk Marty. <laughs> All-star race. <laughs> I forget what year it was now, 07 right. or 08 maybe. And we used to have a show on ESPN called NASCAR Now. Yeah. It was kind of our daily NASCAR update show. And back then when we first started in the sport or came back into the sport, uh, the budget was pretty good. Yeah. So we'd do pre-race morning, and then we'd do post-race night. Yeah. And this was one of those mornings. And if you guys recall, actually, it might have been Coke 600. It was Coke 600, I think, Memorial Day weekend. Regardless, I'm at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And back in the day, Humpy Wheeler, the former president of Charlotte Motor Speedway, used to basically reenact the Battle of Grenada in the infield. He'd blow <laughs> shit up. Right. I forgot about this. Yeah. And so I am doing a live shot about Jimmy Johnson's dominance at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I wasn't quite as seasoned on television then. Now, what y'all got to understand is when I started at ESPN, really the first time I ever did a live shot was on Sports Center. Oh, okay? wow. I, didn't, I wasn't like a <laughs> right local dude. Man. I'm, a yeah. print, I'm a writer by trade. Right. Yeah. Straight to the frying pan. So <laughs> I'm standing there. I'm not the most seasoned guy. I don't have – I certainly don't have like the self-confidence and the – passion in the delivery I have now where it's just like okay I've done so many reps yeah you're used to it so I, my butt's puckered up anyway and I'm standing there and I'm looking at the camera they're like all right Marty you're 30 seconds out and I look up like <laughs> I'm, I'm still so like green I'm afraid to do this and this I'm, is on I'm YouTube. like yeah yeah right I look up and I'm like there's a helicopter coming out here like landing <laughs> and my producer Andrea Pelkey Gets on the, the pr producer line, it's called the PL, it's called. Yeah. She's like, guys, we got a problem. There's a helicopter landing. And they're like, what? They're like, we're coming to you, we're coming to you. <laughs> and as I am saying this comment, a Black Hawk helicopter lands 30 yards away. Right. And it damn near blows me to Kansas I, City. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. see in the video, you you're can, getting yeah. pelted with stuff. Oh, like, yeah, like yeah. rocks and yeah. like debris. The hair hit didn't me move, the though. The hair was good. The hair was good. I, I maintain when Armageddon comes, two things will remain, cockroaches and my hair. Uh, but, yeah, I forgot about that. And then it got even yeah. worse. Yeah. So the second live shot or the tag or whatever, they run this sound, and you can see me go, what the? <laughs> WTF. Right, right, right. And so my producer's like, don't do this. Calm down. Well, then I'm in the tag. I can't remember if it was a subsequent live shot or the tag. They now have unloaded a bunch of soldiers, yeah. quote, unquote, yeah. from right. the Black Hawk. Right. And right. they're like, 
<laughs> they're like blowing each other. Like they're shooting at each other. And I'm sitting there, and you can see me lose my train of thought. I'm like, well, no, Jimmy Johnson has six victories here. And, and I go, right, right. And I'm like, I'm it. Back to you guys. <laughs> I mean, like it was the most ridiculous thing you ever saw. I forgot about that. It's a good one, bro. Yeah, it came up, and there's like 5,000 views on a couple of them. I was like, all right, this is a thing. Like yeah. there's a thing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you're getting pelted. We were like, wait, wait, we got to ask. We got to ask. That's a good one. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> so some of the things we like to ask people uh, on the show are kind of like the human side. And uh, because you like to tell stories and you're – I can tell you're a passionate guy, like you even Big said it yourself. But so the flip side of that is shitty people and haters. And it looks like ESPN has disabled comments, or at least there aren't comments on a lot of the videos. We tried to find them because on certain websites we go to – We'll look at the comment thread oh, and just see the – I thought you meant on my Twitter feed. I was no, like, no, no, no. I'm sure they're on there. I got my share. No, no, on yeah, ESPN.com, sure. like the videos you guys post, there's no like option there's no for forums, comment. Comments. At least, really? Which yeah. is, like, interesting because we're like, oh, because there's, like, a clip of you throwing a football at a water skier. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I'm sure someone would have a problem with that. Let's look. And there wasn't because there's no option to write on it. Um, I hit him right in the numbers. Yeah, you were good. You were good, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Obviously, with Twitter, you have a lot of followers, and so there's there's an easy avenue for people to be especially with football, because if, if someone's team doesn't do as good as they want them to, it's an easy outlet to I yell at the guy. I just got it yesterday. Right, right. Um, be, but what, because you don't come off as that steely-eyed, like, I can deal with whatever, or, or I'm not phased, you, you wear your heart on your sleeve, it looks 100%. like. 100%. Does that bother you when you get the, the crap, the, I've gotten the BS? way – it depends on how irrational it is. Sure. And with time, I've become so much more desensitized to it right. sure. that I don't, I don't, I used to really invest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's insecurity. As in you would react and respond yeah. to these yes. things? Yeah. Which is and like it's, an, it's an insecurity yeah. problem personally, right? Yeah. Like they're entitled to say or think whatever they want. Right. It's on me to consume it or not. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and for a long time, I was so insecure about so many things that I'd be like, man, what the you know, like, WTF, why, why would they say that? Why do they feel that way about yeah. me? They're an idiot. They don't know what I go through. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you send it, and you're like, God, I'm stupid. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I now it takes I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I'll say this. It may change now that I'm saying this to you guys. By comparison to most people at ESPN, my fraction of haters is so infinitesimal. Sure. It is so small. Sure. I have them. But it's really small. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate for that. Uh, I see what some of my colleagues go through, and I just can't. And I know these people. I know how kind they are, yeah. and I know how talented they are. And you just go, man, like what? Now, do you I, think that's because you have less, like you say, you don't opine as much, or maybe right, you don't go it. for as much seeking I'm just, humor? I sure. report. Yeah. yeah. And so there's less holes. That's it. Yeah, you yeah. nailed it. When yeah. you are in, oh, when you when you have an opinion for a yes. living, people are really gonna hate your yeah. guts. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if if you have a certain aesthetic. Sure. Which I do. Sure. Like a lot of people, like it's a lot of what I get back is, good God, bro, that jacket's too tight. Or your <laughs> yeah. hair looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Or you, you sound like you were born in a barn with marbles in your mouth. <laughs> you know, the redneck thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, sure. Right. And it, the most shocking part sometimes about the accent is people think it's fake. Uh, of course. I love that. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Like, dude, people don't understand. If you have a, a southern accent is not beneficial to you in the television business. <laughs> right, right. It's not like it's this, oh, my God, oh, you sound like a hillbilly. Come <laughs> work for me. Right. So right. that part's shocking. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, 
It's part of the job. Yeah. And the sooner you realize it, just and the go. sooner you accept it, the better off you'll be. Right. Have, has it gotten worse moving to, like, especially here in the SEC? Uh, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. NASCAR, college football, pretty similar. I think they the are. Okay. Honestly, they're the same fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they're yeah. the same type of fan. Yeah. They're the same demographic and, and the same um, region of right. fan. Right. So it's not that dissimilar. Now, what's sure. interesting is, I'll tell you what was really interesting from a hater perspective i had to win college football yeah 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 because i want you guys to think i want you to take a moment and think what reporter ever can you think of that was sports centric especially what to me is still a niche sport i think auto racing is still a niche yeah. sport except well, maybe f1 notwithstanding sure. but maybe that is too Co- by, by comparison to other american sports nascar is still niche what sports-centric person has gone to a co- – picked up and gone to another sport yeah, right. ever? Right. Right. You'd be hard to find – hard-pressed to find one. Right. Bob Archer. Yeah, but he always – he started as a racing guy. What started is running. No, he, was a, he was a runner. No, he no, didn't he really was, cover it. He covered running. Bob Archer, who used to work at ESPN. Yeah. I never knew that. I've only known Bob in auto racing. Yeah. yeah. But so he, I would argue he made his name in racing. He though. started as a running expert because Which he used to run marathons. Right. We interviewed him last year. That's I, run, that's I ran Boston that. a couple years ago. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But he was able to – he's one of the few people that was able to do it because he was doing figure skating. Yeah. As, as you covered yeah, it, gymnastics and some other things. Right. But that's like two people. It's it's like I'm two, telling you, it's very rare. And, yeah, and, so, yeah, yeah. and not only did they – okay, so – at the end of the 2014 NASCAR season, they immediately moved me to college football. When and ESPN went away. Yep, when we lost the broadcast. Sure, right. sure. And so not only did I pick up and move to another sport right then, I also got like, – they had four reporters. It was the inaugural college football playoff, right? Four teams for all the marbles for the first time ever. They give me, I had Ohio State. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So I go – to for, as as this country boy, yeah, 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 to Ohio State, which very well me very well may be the widest reach right. of any fan base in college football. Very big They're deal. everywhere, yes. right? Yes, and they don't mess around with those Buckeyes. Right. I had to win them all, and I had you talk about hating. <laughs> well, I assume the accent implies a bias among fans like right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But man, I'm gonna tell you guys how I won them through the storytelling. I went into that assignment with no contacts. I knew no one, no credibility at all. Sure. Rightfully so. Right. All of that. So I went into it saying, all right, I am going to report what I see and what I find interesting. Right. That's, a, oh, that's what I am going to do here. And there was uh, – this might be a little bit inside baseball, but it's an interesting story. So at Ohio State, they have these helmet stickers. They have Buckeyes on yes, them. Yes. And if you do something well on the field, you get a Buckeye sticker. Right. right. Well, I always found that really cool as a kid. Yeah. And there used to be a Sports Center commercial where they went, Buckeye! <laughs> and they'd slap it on this helmet. Right. So I asked the communications director at Ohio State, can you please give me one of those Buckeye sleeves? And he goes, sure. He hands me one. It's like 10 sleeves, 10 stickers. Yeah. And during the media day for the Sugar Bowl that year, they were facing Alabama. All the players are at these tables. And I took that Buckeye sleeve, like this napkin, and I slid it across the table at some of the famous players. Joey Bosa, who's now on the San Diego Chargers. What is this? Well, if I get a sack, I'm like, no, 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 no. What is it? 
I go to a couple of other really good players. It wasn't really clicking what I was getting to. Yeah. They had a wide receiver named Devin Smith. He now plays for the New York Jets. Devin, what is this? What are these stickers? Well, if I get a tackle on special teams, man, what is it? He goes, I see where you're going. He said, this is Orlando Pace calling me at 6 o'clock in the morning on game day to make sure I'm damn well ready to preserve and uphold the tradition of Ohio State football. This is Archie Griffin, the only two-time Heisman winner in history, meeting me at the locker room to make sure I'm ready to uphold and preserve the tradition of yeah. Ohio State football. Yeah. Nice. And it gets you, gets you right. willies up, doesn't right, it? Right, right, right. He, he named like six different players. And I went, that's what this is. Right. So I do that report, that exact report with that exact same delivery I just gave you guys about ten minutes before the Sugar Bowl kicked off. Right. Okay. To this day. I still have Ohio State fans walk up to me and go, that's the baddest-ass thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. And, awesome. like, that's how you win them. That's right? that's yeah. Why? It. Because the story wins. Yeah. Right. It's right. not right. about me. It's not about some – it's not about us. Yeah. Right. We have to be a conduit to why it matters. Right. Right. And you look for the passion. Right. Yeah. So, I got to ask, wedding ring. Yep. It's pink. It is. Why is that? My mom, my wife and I wear pink wedding rings in October. Okay. Oh. I lost uh, my mom okay. to breast cancer. Sorry to hear okay. that. And that's why. Okay, cool. Because I have the op- – I'm on TV. I and wonder I hold if that's a microphone. what it was. Yeah, 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 And a lot of people notice. Yeah, that, right. absolutely. And so it's a way to spread that awareness. Good deal. And, right. uh, you know, you know, I want to know actually why we have these wedding rings? Graham Rahal. Oh. Because Graham is a buddy of mine, a mm-hmm. passionate Ohio State fan. Yeah. And Graham has a deal with that Kalo or – it's Q-A-L-O. Okay. And they make these silicone – wedding bands right. for people that are really active and work out a lot. Oh, okay. okay. Sure, and sure, Graham sure. saw that I do triathlons uh-huh. and I'm a marathoner sure. and all that. And he goes, man, you need a wedding band. So they sent them to me. Yeah. And so nice. Lainey and I have worn these uh, in memory of my mama. That's great. Cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I like that. That's nice. awesome. All right. Most frequent app you use on your phone? Most frequent app I use on my phone, probably watch ESPN. Yeah. Fair enough. So a little plug. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's accurate because well, I live in airports. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the ESPN thing, you at the end of NASCAR with their coverage with the deal, were you given a heads up like, hey, we're going to keep you, we're going to take care of you? Or was there a sweat period where you were like, I, Well, there was an unknown period. Yeah. Because I didn't, like, you know, you don't, I'm a sports centric guy. Yeah. Okay. Like, I would talk to my agent. I'm rep by CAA. Okay. And I'm talking to them, and I'm like, uh, you know, what should we do? Should we, like, try to go to Fox or maybe try to go to NBC? I don't know what to do. And they're like, ESPN wants you to be in college football. Just and I like, there's only one thing that I'm as passionate about as racing, and it's college football. Yeah. I grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia. We didn't have pro teams, man. We had right. the Virginia Tech Hokies. I'm still a Virginia Tech Hokie fan to this day. And my sweetest, I lost my daddy in 2008. My sweetest memories with my father live in that football stadium. There you go. And so, I'm telling you, man, it's badass. Oh, it's more than I deserve this life. I'm a very nah, you fortunate and you blessed man. Okay, last song you downloaded. Last song I downloaded. Uh, last song I downloaded. I could give all kinds of plugs <laughs> because I, I get a lot of music free. So, hold on. I can tell you what the last song I downloaded was. 
Um, it was an album. It was not a song. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll take it. Enough. The last album I downloaded was by a guy named Sir Sturgill Simpson. Okay. okay. Have you all heard of Sturgill? I have not. not. A clue. You need to get on that. I'm on it. And it's called A Sailor's Guide to Earth. It's a very interesting concept album where Sturgill, who had his first son last or two years ago, used the platform of a sailor at sea to write a letter to his son through the al- using oh, cool. the, okay. yeah, 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 the yeah. album okay. is the letter. Okay. And do you guys know the song In Bloom by Nirvana? I do. He covers it on that record. Nice. That's cool. Okay. So he's a fascinating individual. He's one of these guys that the country music format is really kind of broken yeah. because yeah. it's so radio, commercially, commercial uh, radio yeah. driven. We yeah. get it. And Sturgill's one of those guys who just does this. Right. He flies like, a okay. bird at it. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, care. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. All right. I probably have about three more minutes. Okay. Okay. Cool. We're good. I think we're good. Yeah. So Continental's, Continental's got, got the coffee. Meow, 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 I'm finished. Wow. That was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. Well, good, Ryan. I'm glad you approve. Of Marty Smith. You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. Super cool to meet Marty Smith. One of the hardest working guys, I would say, in any industry. And it's hard to describe, uh, unless you're sitting in front of him, how actually genuine this guy is and how every word out of his mouth is not only sort of carefully crafted, but incredibly sincere at the same time. So, all right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we are going to go back to uh, a favorite band of mine, uh, a group called IC Hawks in L.A., Available on iTunes. My buddy Paul Lax is a big part of that. Uh, Here is a song. I don't know if Marty will appreciate it or not, but it's a fun song anyway. It's called Shameless Hippie Sex Party. Enjoy. It's like seeing a sign. Poor sign maker We're looking for your glasses So you can find your glasses Maybe he wanted you to understand pain Or maybe he's an artist Never signed his name Yeah, that's it Sat around the fire 15 billion years ago and said This is how it's gonna go down And I'm skeptical about science And I'm skeptical about remote control violence I'm skeptical most of all about you Cause you're not Yes, I'm skeptical about the faithful But I'm even more skeptical about the ungrateful I'm skeptical about arrogance modern atheist is born on third base and thinks he had a triple. Put him in the desert without his little phone and he's a godforsaken cripple. What is the thing that locates the norm? Find yourself in relation to the star. God is a neighbor. God is a Jew. God is a compass. God is a Hindu. God is a prison, God has brought the pain God is an artist who never signed his name God is a word that people don't know any better And that includes you and me and Isaac Newton
my letter. Hello, hello.